Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. This is much bigger at Shop Latinx. You know, this is not just a company. This is a movement. And like, if you look at the brand on the Instagram, like there are things you will see in there that will give you chills. I don't get that often. And so working with someone like Brittany as well is, it's like an opportunity of a lifetime. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hi, this is Dave Whalen, Rebel 360 by day, bespoke strategy by night. I've been listening to We Are LA Tech pretty much from the beginning. I love the incredible range of guests and how Esprit makes such personal connections with them. I learn about business, LA, and myself with each episode. You can connect with me everywhere at DJ Whalen. That's D-J-W-H-E-L-A-N. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. So I just did 16 hours of interviews the other day. And it's really interesting I repeated quite a few times, I shared that I desired to just have a small company and never have a large company. And I think it's important to make that decision for our lifestyles because when I first became an entrepreneur, I had the, you know, stars in my eyes to become the next Google for action sports. And when I actually ended up on Google's campus in San Francisco, I'm like, this is just not the world that I want. This is not the responsibility that I want to have. And I always thought that like a lifestyle business was something like a blogger, but a lifestyle business I think is not a blogger. I think it's just when you architect the life you want around your business It just seems to me when it gets to be so big, like Google S, that it gets beyond the point of being able to architect anything. And so I like to keep it cool, connective, and creative. We'll call it the three C's. Cool, connective, and creative. (laughs) With a lot of culture. Four C's. All right. Enjoy the next episode. LA Tech companies and talent. So stoked to bring to you our next guest, Miles. Miles is a friend. He's someone I've worked with. He's someone who's awesome. He's been a part of the We Are LA Tech community for a very long time. And I can't wait to bring him onto the show because he's doing so much cool stuff and product in LA. Welcome, Miles. 
Hey, thanks, Esprit. Really appreciate being on the show. Miles, to kick things off, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about what your role has been in the LA tech space? And then there's just so many things that you do. So we'll get into all the things. I'd say I'm definitely a, one of the product leaders in, in LA. That's really based my roots here in becoming, you know, one of the best product leaders in the community, as well as a leader in helping develop other product leaders also being a part of the culture in LA, whether it's being an enterprise where I really started my product career to, you know, getting back into the startup world. To kind of kick things off in case anybody wants to cyberstalk you, what are some of the organizations that you're involved with? Maybe first and foremost, I'll just plug the startup. If you guys are interested, we have an amazing Instagram and social game. <laughs> you can find us at Shop Latinx, which is just S-H-O-P-L-A-T-I-N-X. More so on the product side, I'm on the leadership team at PMA.LA, and you can find us at LA Product Managers, L-A-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-M-A-N-A-G-E-R-S on Twitter, Instagram, or even LinkedIn. And you're transitioning out of your current position, which is where you really embodied becoming the product manager you are today. What is that? Yes. So I was a senior product manager. I spent a good three years on the on the platform product team, which which implies a very technical role. I mean, I was responsible for building out onboarding experiences and API services across the compliance portfolio, which is eight different products. So if you have any onboarding questions, hit me up. <laughs> and soon you're coming out with a product podcast too. What inspired that? And can you tell us a little bit more about that? I think when I first started diving into like the world of product, um, I had an uncle who was, you know, working at Disney, talking about all the cool stuff he's working on. And I would always go to family events. And that was like my favorite conversation to have, you know, so I, I dove deep. And, and ever since then, I've always wanted to do more. You know, it was very difficult kind of getting into the scene, landing a role and getting to know people in L.A. and even just within Silicon Valley, right? where the larger product world is at. But currently, you know, now that I have had the chance to get some experience under my belt and really become a leader, now working with the PMA.LA organization, where we host monthly meetups, mostly virtual these days. And, you know, we do host an annual conference. And the great thing I think about this organization, too, is that we really care about building a community of product leaders that, you know, make really good product decisions. And we give LA a really good name. And how many people are in the PMLA? <laughs> I can't even too many letters, too fast, too early. <laughs> how many people are in the group? We've got close to 3,000 plus members, um, all from LA. I think even now, as of recently, we've started to see like us expand more so just because of COVID and all. Um, and now that they're virtual, but yeah, close to 3,000. And what can people expect out of the group? There's so many groups in general. Why is this group worth it? Some of the top product organizations in the world, right? You, you think instantly mind the product, which is an amazing organization. And we see ourselves aligned to that type of product message, right? Which is we're very community-based. We're a non-for-profit which means that all of the leaders, you know, we don't get paid. We spend all of our time really in service of building a, a product community full of talent. There are many organizations, even like product school, right, where product school is really helping the, you know, the product person who hasn't maybe gotten into a role yet, who's really learning. And then PMA is, I'd say, the graduation from that, right? As soon as you kind of land that first role, and now it's like, how do we turn you into a 
a senior product manager, a director of product or a chief product officer, right? How do we bridge those gaps? So that way we can, you know, give you the knowledge of not just the tactical day to day where it's like that stuff you can learn, you know, on the, on the job, but being as a, a part of PMA really gives you the tools and the, the resources to connect with a bigger network, um, learn strategies on how to build a roadmap, how to effectively partner with different leaders in the organization. You know, how do you take that next step where you're more strategic now and less tactical or maybe a combination of both? You know, it just it just varies on your role. What is product school? Just in case people don't know. Product school, um, maybe I, I just say just to rewind a, a little bit, it's, it's kind of in the same vein as just product education, right? You go there, you, you can learn product in, in a set amount of time, which is very similar to general assembly. You learn all of, you know, what you do in, in a product role on a, on a day-to-day basis tactically, right? You know, like, how do you do ideation? How do you do design exercises? How do you talk to stakeholders on the business side? How do you influence? So many of the, like, very tangible skills that you need to succeed in a role, you can go and learn from that from those two schools. I mean, you just have such a, like, a wealth of, like, integration in the LA Tech culture. It's really exciting to be talking to you. I want to jump in to Shop Latin X and then ADP because they're all just so interconnected, everything that you do. So to start, what inspired the transition to go to Shop Latinx. Am I saying it right, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, meaning, what about Shop Latinx? Are you like, I need to be a part of this? What was that for you? And I love answering that question. <laughs> <laughs> so prior to ADP, I had kind of launched my own product and was working on my own startup, which is actually where we had first met and started talking through We Are LA Tech and really joining that community. I spent about a year and it just I realized how much I learned through that process and how much I would have done things differently now, four years later. And then after being at ADP, where I'm just, I literally like, it, it's kind of funny because sometimes I joke with some of my peers that I feel like an architect at ADP sometimes because I get into conversations that are probably a little more technical than I should be in. But the great thing about that is, you know, once you learn more on the technical side of things, you really can make really strong business decisions and product decisions. And so with that, you know, I spent three years there and I kind of got that itch again to get back into the startup world and entrepreneurship. And so I started founder dating a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so I met with like a good four or five different founders. And this is for your own startup. Oh, yeah. 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 So we're not at the shop Latinx part yet. Okay. So go ahead. Oh, yeah. We're, we're about to get there. Okay. <laughs> no, like- no. I just want to make sure everybody's like on the same page. When you're founder dating, you're like still exploring your, your own thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so, you know, I met with four or five of them, great leaders, amazing founders, some further along than others, some products, definitely very revolutionary. You know, I went to like, you know, who has traction, who has great product, who has a community, who already has great relationships. And it really kind of came down to two of them. And one of them, you know, the founder wasn't all in just yet, you know, which is not a bad thing. But the other founder, which is Brittany Chavez of Shop Latinx, there was just something about her that was a difference maker, you know? Right, right. So not only did she have a massive following on social media, she spent the last four years building this company with nothing, all organically. She's made some great relationships with a lot of the the brands that we work with and even within the tech ecosystem, which is an ecosystem that she's new to. And 
there's like a magnet on her or something like there's something that like really draws you to somebody, you know, and I just had a lot of confidence in in what she built. That's really what drew me. And when you said the other founder wasn't as invested, do you mean like the other founder like still had their full-time job or something like that? Yes. He has a great job, you know, in his day to day and he's, he makes great money, but he's also like strategically building his company in a way that will allow him to leave his job at some point. And so for me, I want something faster Right, right. with shop Latinx. When you're all in, you're all in, you know, you don't have anything yeah. else but to like build and make it happen. So when you were founder dating, there were two different options that you wanted to go after. And one founder is this woman, Brittany, who is just a champion and amazing and super wrestler. And then the other founder, the other option you had worked also awesome, but decided to like be with their full time job as well as build the company. Am I understanding correctly? Yes, 100 percent. So you were evaluating the two um, and they were both product based companies. Well, one of them for sure was product-based. The other one is a little bit outside of um, like what I typically work on, which is more on the e-commerce marketplace side, which is Shop Latinx. So you decided to go with Brittany because you just, I mean, you instantly became a fan of Brittany and you're like, I want to be a part of this, this person's like journey. And walk us through what is Shop Latinx? Who's the customer and what does it do for us? Yes. So Shop Latinx is a an e-commerce marketplace where we partner with Latinx owned brands that create and design products specifically for the Latinx consumer. So think of like, you know, Bevel as an example, right? It was a razor that was designed for the black man. And so historically, there's just been many products that have, you know, haven't served these underserved, you know, communities. And so we have a bunch of really badass Latina owned founders that are on our marketplace. You know, one has a good seven to eight brick and mortars in LA. And um, I think they're expanding to Miami. House of Intuition, you might have heard them. They're all over LA. I have heard of House of Intuition. I think I purchased something from House of Intuition. Yes. They have like amazing candles. Wait, so it's a Latin-owned company? Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, I got, I bought myself a birthday present at House. I bought their, um, they they do these like candle packages. like it's almost like a self-care package. Oh, and yeah. I, so I got myself a birthday present. <laughs> Dude, and that's awesome. Right? I got the March edition. <laughs> <laughs> They're like a mental wellness metaphysical, you know, company. And yeah. so we have, yeah. you know, our products range from beauty, home um, and fashion. And they're all Latinas. Like they're just, they kill it. They're amazing. And you're the co-founder now. What did that look like becoming a co-founder? Was Brittany looking for a co-founder or how does a conversation like that come to be? I think initially you don't really call it founder dating, right? You kind of, in retrospect, I call it that now, but really it was me like wanting to give my product expertise to a bunch of founders that, you know, are building tech enabled companies. And so you know, what's your product strategy? How are you thinking about building this technology? Who's building it? You know, how much are you spending? Like, are you, maybe there's like, I can give some insight into like how much you should be spending or where you can can spend better time um, figuring certain things out. And so, you know, it really starts off with like, hey, you know, like actually one of the things we always talk about is I went to a panel that she was on at Shopify and supported and kind of wanted to see what she was about, you know, because she has this Twitter presence as well. Do you know her Twitter handle by heart? Can you shout it out real quick? Maybe take a second to look it up on your phone. Yeah, let me do that. And we'll include it in the show notes too. 
at Brit Chavez. So B-R-I-T-C-H-A-V-E-Z. And while we're at it, what's your Twitter? Yeah, my Twitter is Miles Next Door. So M-I-L-E-S-N-E-X-T-D-O-O-R. And you also have Product LA Twitter, don't you? Yes. The the product podcast called Product in LA. So if you go on Twitter or any other social media, it's product, P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-N-L-A. Awesome. We just had to do the shout outs. And of course, we'll include them all in the show notes. So Brittany's championing this company forward. And then how did it end up being that you both became co-founders? The first meeting we had was at Soho House. You know, let's meet. Let's talk about like your your strategy. And it's so funny. Like it was a conversation that she said was like, wow, like no one's ever asked me these questions before. I remember like months later, her telling me like, yeah, I remember leaving that meeting. Like, and I didn't know half the things you were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh man, maybe I should have asked better questions then. That's probably on me. (laughs) No, I think it helps open up someone's mind to evolve and become even better. So no, don't make it small, go big. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, that's how we kind of just kept meeting, you know, like probably twice a week, just talking through like, you know, what's what's the company strategy? What's the product strategy? Um, you know, how are you increasing margins? Um, and you know, what metrics are you tracking? And so, you know, over time I enjoyed working on that on the side. And then finally, she's just like, why don't we make this official? And you become the, um, the head of product and ops. So it kind of started off there, you know, I'm still in my job at ADP. So, you know, as a product person, uh, definitely some money that I could invest in. And so I started saying, well, why don't we get some social media help? Why don't we go and get somebody to do an analysis around like the marketing that's been done over the past four years? Let's do some UX research. Let's talk to customers. She's done it for so long. It's in her head. She just knows it. It's time to put things to paper, you know, that way other people can help. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's what I say all the time, man. If I had to go back in time and give myself advice, it'd be create processes, create processes, create processes. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and that's the hard thing is a startup. You kind of like you fight against it. You know, you're like, I don't want process. But then you realize that, you know, processes, you know, really help bring structure and help. And find out the missing holes. Like sometimes you could be missing a key component, but not know because you can't see it visually that that component's missing. 100%, which is why I love whiteboards. I love trying things out. There's a new whiteboard tool, by the way, not an LA tech company, but just FYI called B Canvas. And they're trying to take over the whiteboard worlds online. So we'll see. I have a call with them this uh, week. I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> B Canvas. Um, they're in a private beta. Brittany has her own set of um, advisors that she kind of had worked with personally for a while. She started having conversations about me and then also started realizing like, you know, wow, I'm putting a lot of work in. And I would say I, you know, managed 100% of the relationship with the e-commerce platform that we were on. Uh, And I think prior to me joining, there were just conversations on the product and technical side that um, even she realized she's just not like, you know, experienced to have. And when I joined, it's just like, wow, conversations completely changed, you know, because there's no longer somebody that can tell you something and it not like make sense. And even though it doesn't make sense, you don't really know with full confidence if what you're feeling is right, you know, but now it's like I've provided that validation, like, no, you are like 100% right here. Like there's something off about this technology, you know, in some sense. I think we realized that we had really good complementary skills. You know, I'm more on the product and technical side, which we knew like is something like at at a certain point in time, we want to build our own in-house marketplace experience. 
And I definitely have full confidence, like based on what I've been doing the last four years that we can do that. And separately, you know, she had worked with a couple other potential co-founders that she was working with. And I think she realized like through that experience that, wow, this is way different. The other two people that she was working with were more marketing and brand, which is exactly what she does, you know, so it wasn't complimentary. I think it was just like the right puzzle piece, you know, and she, I think it was mutual. And I think the more that I like worked with her, the more I like became invested, you know, and it was in, in like, you know, I'm Latino myself. So um, it's a community that I've always felt I would say a little distant from. So knowing that this company was like really building for that customer was big. What is the startup right now? Like, where is it in this ecosystem? How many team members are there? Is it funded? How are you guys staying afloat? (laughs) That's a great question. So I'd say right now, it's me and Brittany. We have a social media intern that's working with us. And then we've contracted with, you know, a UX designer and a couple engineers that I've worked with for, you know, some years. So for the most part, you know, we're operating in the negative right now, but that's just because we have a lot of room for growth. And one, you know, there's been opportunities for us to go and get a pre-seed round. Investors have asked us, you know, like, are you raising? We'd like to like, you know, invest. And we're like, you know, we're not ready for that. And it's nice to be in that position to say no, because we know we have so much more room to actually grow before we decide to you know, get to a round table and put some terms together. We want to have more leverage. But however, what I will say is we did just land a recent investment. In a couple of months, it will be announced. And, you know, it's within the LA tech ecosystem. So it's, it's, it's really cool. Let's get into the choice to leave ADP, leaving such a stable job, especially in a climate where sometimes people don't know even how to focus on abundance and opportunity and taking the journey as you are moving into something that you feel really connected to. How were you able to comfortably transition away from ADP in order to join the startup or was it uncomfortable? Because I know you're still going through that process right now. Yeah, it's definitely not comfortable making that decision to leave. You know, there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of stress in making that decision. But Shop Latinx has so much potential and the market is so big and consumer behaviors are changing. I would almost be dumb not to take this opportunity. If I stay at ADP, I will continue to move up in the chain. I see myself getting promoted probably a couple more times in the next three years, making more money and taking on a bigger responsibility. And, you know, ADP has an amazing mission. I love everything about working on the product team at ADP. But this is much bigger at Shop Latinx. You know, this is not just a company. This is a movement. And like, if you look at the brand on the Instagram, like there are things you will see in there that will give you chills. I don't get that often. And so working with someone like Brittany as well is it's like an opportunity of a lifetime. I'm excited to have Brittany on the show, both on We Are LA Tech and on Women in Tech. It's really great to be exposed to what you guys are doing. Just in case, where, again, can we find um, Shop Latinx? Yes. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. We will have a TikTok pretty soon. But yeah, and all of the handles are at Shop Latinx, S-H-O-P-L-A-T-I-N-X. And is it shoplatinx.com? Yes. So if you go on shoplatinx.com right now, you will see all of our marketplace products. Amazing. And a couple last questions. What's one LA tech company or talent you've come across lately who's really impressed you? Dave.com. I really love what they're doing. 
they're a fintech company that has started off with their first product, which is based around helping consumers remove overdraft fees. Actually, we know somebody that works there. Um, Ryan. I can't remember Ryan's last name right now. Oh, Ryan. Um, it's like Pal, but Proust. Yeah. Ryan Proust. Yes, he's awesome. He's such any he is. Um, he and Melissa. Are also, <laughs> yes, I love him. Yeah. Okay. Shout out. And we'll include him in the show notes too. And Ryan's just so great. Okay. So Dave.com. Do you know where in LA that they're based? I believe they're in Santa Monica, but I could be wrong. So I got two more. So the other one is SyncBooks. Yeah. And this founder, his name is Isai Cortez, and he's competing with QuickBooks, which to me, I feel like he's got a billion dollar product on his hands and it's just, it's just in the making. QuickBooks is really designed for the CPA and his product is really built for the business owner, the small business owner. You know, it's very simple. He, you know, you plug in, integrate your bank account and literally it shows you a mirror of how your filing will look like, which, you know, QuickBooks doesn't do today. So anyways, amazing product. I feel like that's going to be a booming company in LA pretty soon. And what do you know where, do you happen to know where they're based? He lives in LA. So like, it, I mean, it's virtual. <laughs> you know? Okay. But you're not, you're not sure like where the headquarters, headquarters, like where he, what area in LA he's in. Oh, he's more in downtown. And the last one, Inspire. Um, so there's a product leader there by the name of Chris Brereton. I mean, we've partnered with him and Travis Corrigan, who's another product leader in LA, also another you know founder. We've put on a couple events um, with them with PMA LA. This is why I say like our, our events are not like any others, right? We had an event with Jerry Kalana, who's a very well-respected investor, as well as a, an executive coach. And the entire conversation was really around mental health taking care of yourself while building a company or being a product leader because it's very stressful. And so like he's another leader, I'd say, who's, you know, very empathetic and, you know, someone that deserves some attention as well. And where is he based? Do you know where in where in L.A.? Yeah, they're definitely in Santa Monica. <laughs> yeah. And I know you just mentioned a bunch of product, but one of my favorite questions to ask and doesn't have to be L.A. based. What is your favorite tech tool right now? It could be mobile app, hardware, website, uh, software. You know, my first instinct is to look at my phone. If you ask me the most used app I have, it's on Twitter. I'm probably on that way too much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I actually was just doing some research on Twitter. Um, I came across a guy on Twitter named Bram K. He's totally worth following. He's not from LA. He's from Holland. That's B-R-A-M-K. And he was telling me about a guy named Dave Perel. I don't know if you've heard of him. And this other guy, I can't think of his name right now, who write about how to be very valuable on Twitter and how to become a thought leader through Twitter. And they've all shared how being on Twitter alone, but being on Twitter in a very thoughtful way has led to ginormous sales for and client leads like that one guy, but he made like 40,000 last month, all like because of Twitter. It's super crazy. And I started to think I'm, I mean, I'm a thoughtful person and I'd like to think that I post value. But when after I had this conversation with Bram and I started looking at looking up these guys and what they do, and I'm still in the middle of my research, I realized that the what I post isn't necessarily of value all the time, but it's not because I was thinking about it in the wrong way. Like essentially the key essence is, are you sharing a story and are you engaging in a conversation or are you just kind of like 
shouting out something and to be really mindful of that. And then uh, of what you're sharing, can someone go and then take actionable steps from that? I'm like, oh man, I think like this, but I never applied it to my thinking with Twitter. So if you're super into Twitter, I highly recommend like maybe like gaming it up. It seemed fun. Honestly, it seemed like a way to create a lot more, more valuable relationships. And I actually follow David Perel as well. I do. Oh, you do? <laughs> I would want to shout out even some people I know in like in other parts of the country. Like there's a guy named Ian Carr. Do it. You can find him at, I think it's I-A-N-K-A-R. I would describe it as a fintech media company. Um, <laughs> but he's, you know, a leader in the fintech space now. And he really built that through his Twitter following is really, you know, valuable personal relationships. And now he just interviewed some executive from Shopify who's really running like Shopify money. He's built a great community and now he's got an investment in his own media company, right? And he did that all through Twitter. So I think for tech people, for sure, like Twitter is the place to be. And e-commerce is big, right? Like David Perel writes a lot about, uh, from my understanding, e-commerce. There's other people that I follow that like do digital like marketing like david herman my guy he drops gems on like paid ads all the time and it's like i've never done paid ads nice and we'll include it all in the show notes so we could just click on the show notes and start you're putting us down the rabbit hole for sure (laughs) yeah and so get your favorite tool i would just have to say spotify it has to be spotify you know it's really helped calm my nerves and um and the stress on a day-to-day basis and Music right now is 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 definitely uh, been helpful, and Spotify is far better than Apple Music. <laughs> okay, one and a half last things. I know we don't have much time left, but one and a half last things. One is: Are there any of virtual events sourced in LA that you would recommend right now, or LA tech resources, even accelerators, anything that you recommend? Well, I know for PMA, right? We have an event that's actually coming out. We were supposed to have it this week. We decided to postpone it. And that will likely be out in the next couple of weeks. And that one's actually tailored more towards product leaders that are entering the job hunt, you know, and especially during this time that we, you know, I'm not sure if you've heard, but I know there's a lot of interns and new hires that have gotten their offers rescinded. And so it's it's a challenging time. And I feel like, you know, I'm actually going to be on that panel too. So I'm going to just plug that in. (laughs) But yeah, you know, we we hold we host those monthly meetups and we're still we're actually going to have a product conference in September that we haven't yet announced. I'm too tight into the product side, so I'm sure there are a lot more resources out there. There are even incubators within LA, right? Like I, I would say do some research around the VCs that are now in LA. You know, there's like Clean Tech Energy, Techstars is in LA. I can't remember the the company right now, but one of the leading directors there is Taj Alridge and they incubate clean energy companies. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, it, off the top of my head, it's hard to say, but there are a lot of resources for sure. Um, and events, any virtual events that have really wowed you lately? There's a new marketplace founder community um, that was just created by the founder of Yo Rumi. His name's Mike uh, Williams, I believe. And so, you know, if you're in e-commerce or you have, a marketplace, whether you're like the next Airbnb for XYZ, uh, that's a community to tap into. There's a lot of very smart, intelligent leaders there that talk about finance, talk about product, talk about how to get investment, which investors are in the marketplace realm. 
and then just overall really good people. And they host, you know, meetups uh, twice a week now where it's awesome, right? Because you're really in a venue where people are there to learn and it's very intentional. Now, my last question, and, and we don't have a lot of time. We only have a few minutes. But if you're comfortable, I know you overcame like a huge a huge obstacle in your life. Are you comfortable sharing how overcoming that obstacle has maybe lended to how you make decisions professionally today? Yeah. So back in 2016, I was in a, I was in a car accident, you know, an almost fatal one. So uh, do you want me to list my injuries? I, Cause I can. <laughs> I mean, I mean, go for it. I think I'm going to push the interview after you go for it. (laughs) So yeah, just to start, right? Like one, I don't remember anything that happened. I had to have emergency heart surgery within a nine hour timeframe. Really what happened is I had a a set of fractured ribs on both sides. I had a collapsed lung. I had a T1 fracture, which is like a, a neck fracture, severe bruising across my entire body. I had a subdural hematoma, which is, you know, you bleed from your brain. And then um, worst of all, I had a severed aorta, which is, you know, insane. My surgeon mentioned if I had bled like another two minutes, I'd be brain dead. If like my lung had filled up with liquid much faster, I would have drowned. And, you know, and my aorta, most people die on impact from that injury. Both cars were totaled. No ambulance was called. Uh, Went to two different houses before even going to the hospital. Then when I got to the hospital, because I had no physical injuries. Visible physical injuries. Yes, visible physical injuries. I was literally waiting in the emergency room um, and then finally got their attention because I could feel liquid. Like, I don't know, it's like a movie. You know, you kind of go in and out of consciousness, but really like holding yourself together just to stay alive is like crazy. And so then, you know, from there, gave me a CT and realized, oh, wow, yeah, we, you know, we probably should get him like to a surgeon like now. And then only to realize I'm the youngest person to ever have this surgery. Um, and they don't have a, a stint that fits my, my organs. So we had to get it custom designed, manufactured, flown over from like a Southern state to USC and then have the surgery. Yeah. So it's, you know, pretty phenomenal. Like many of the nurses that, you know, were there and even the surgeons were just amazed. They're like, they've never seen anything like it. And even to this day, I go to the doctors and I, I literally have to have this conversation every single time because it's a new nurse or somebody that sees my my paperwork and they're just like flabbergasted. Like their face is just like they have like no idea how I'm like standing there. And how has surviving that influenced the choices you make today professionally? I think it really just sped up my maturity and experience as a human being. I get this question a lot. Um, and even when I was in the hospital, because I was there for a good two and a half months, people would ask me, you know, like, like, do you see life differently? You know, how does that change things for you? And it's just like, honestly, I feel like me still. <laughs> I, don't <think> anything, <laughs> I don't think anything's changed. <laughs> but I think um, over time, I've, I, I think I've started to see it myself, you know, where I'm, you know, there's certain things that are just not important anymore, you know, going out and you know, drinking and going to bars and like none of that stuff was important. You know, I'm still relatively young, I'd say, but I think some of our interns would say differently. I remember them telling me we're old, but, (laughs) 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 but, uh, you know, it's just, yeah, I think, um, you know, making, you know, very like practical decisions, you know, does this benefit me? Does this help where I'm at in my life? You know, I've always made very good financial decisions, but I think just my outlook on how I make decisions, I'm very much more 
explicit, more intentional, less, you know, reactive and more, you know, let me sit on that thought for a day and I'll get back to you kind of thing, which is, you know, I think it's just something you kind of, you kind of learn as you mature in age. And I think I just learned that at a quicker pace because of that. Miles, thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast, being part of the LA Tech community, sharing your story, being open and vulnerable with us. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary people in LA Tech, remember to go to the We Are LA Tech Facebook group at wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Miles Montez, Chief Product Officer at Shop Latinx. We're an e-commerce marketplace with Latinx brands that create and design products for our Latinx customer. We're based in downtown LA, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Sarah Tran. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.